So are you ready to become Simone? It's like a straight face, but it's almost like, oh, you see me? You see me? It's like, yes, the eyes, yeah. that's where it is. Panther on the runway, if you will. It's exciting to teach someone the ways of the Ebony Enchantress. Hit it! Work, work, pose. Feel it, you know. I am surprised at how quickly she picked up the small mark. Feel it, the hand, hand, oh, oh. But obviously, she can't be fully Simone. <laughs> do you want to try me now? Yes, I do. I like to think of my body as the Da Vinci Man. Huh? How can you push those limits of the full body? You could come here. You could come here. You could come forward. At first glance, Utica looks like a wacky Looney Tune. And I love that. I feel like I'm back in my modern dance improv classes. <laughs> but I'm a little nervous because it's completely different than what I would do. I feel like you do awkward, not awkward, but like awkward things that are fun, but not sexual, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I really want to sell this for her. Mary, Utica is serving complete drama teacher 101 acting class vibes for me here. Yeah, and I like uh, I like that Simone is like the cheerleader who got the lead in the, in the musical this year. Of like, all right, I'm in, fine. Let's let's try this. Let's see if I can translate to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outdoor kid into indoor kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this pairing. I think the two of them. Uh, I mean, it's they are so opposite, but I think that's what makes this this section and really this whole part of the episode but particularly the two of them uh makes this segment so interesting because it's like they're each learning a very different drag style and like something that um i don't know that it, it, it sort of challenges them and frees them it's kind of like the perfect drag race moment where somebody is kind of learning how to step into their power and learning how to have more fun like it's um it was such like a like it's such a it's such an interesting moment this season i loved it yeah, I I thought that if there was going to be another pairing that would would have been as strong, it would have been Simone and Got Mick. But the reason I liked Utica and Simone is kind of what you're saying is that they're actually like so opposite in the sense of like how they use their bodies, how they walk on the runway, how they're branding their drag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do feel like if Got Mick and Simone were paired together, they would also be strong because both of those queens know specifically what they're doing in drag and 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 I think that was like the the sauce this week of what made a team successful versus what made a team not successful now I know obviously there's a lot that I'm not saying right now but I want to focus on Utica and Simone and one of the reasons why we kind of chose this clip of the week is because all this whole episode is about knowing your drag Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I, and that's kind of interesting to tie into like how successful each of these pairings or these queens were based on how well they know their drag. And I think, um, I mean, I think Simone maybe the most out of any of the queens in the in the this season so far. I feel like knows what her drag is. Of like, she knows what her elevator pitch is. We even see it in the sort of mm-hmm. like prologue of this episode, and it just to see that translate through. Whereas I think what's 
what's interesting though is like Simone can kind of give that like that great pitch for what her drag is and what she stands for. And then I think of Got Mick and when she talks about you know, like, oh, it's really easy, easy to imitate me. Just, like, touch your body, say stupid stuff, hey, gorge, whatever. Mm. And I love that she has such, like, an unfussy way of thinking about it and a very simplistic way of thinking about it. But I feel like it it still feels like she knows her drag. You know what I mean? Like, it's, Oh, and we learn so much more about how she knows her drag, which I think is yeah. also really fabulous. And, you know, uh, I... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about Got Mick's drag later. But in terms of... Uh, Utica and Simone I mean it came down to knowing your drag and then the execution of it Mm -hmm. on somebody else and I think both of these queens are wonderful executors really wonderful and it was really interesting to hear their like meta descriptions of like what I do like for example with Simone where it's like oh it's in the eyes it's in this like Mm. you know oh are we talking to me oh and then like that the eyes go to the left or the right and like Utica's Mm. like yeah it's the eyes and (laughs) to be able to like nab those little like those little things it's the eyes Uh, my earrings you know Um, (laughs) I'm my earrings I'm my earrings Uh, and I think with, with Utica it's the same thing where she's like okay so here's how I approach it is like all those wacky moves you see on the runway like there's this idea that I'm taking up all this weird space and I I think having that kind of context to their drag and seeing how they can like look at the architecture of their drag was really like um I don't know just like elevated the two of them for me in this in this whole competition completely I will say thinking about this kind of meta who you are on the runway is there were two things going on here. It wasn't just the look and the makeup, but it was also the physicality you bring specifically to a runway. And mm-hmm. a lot of drag is not a runway, is not fashion. Like how how many characters can you be on a runway? So I also thought mm-hmm. that was interesting that the show was demanding a queen like Denali to be like Olivia on the runway and to Mm -hmm. be able to exude Olivia on the runway like Olivia doesn't do anything very specific whereas like Utica certainly does so of course Simone is going to be able to tap into that another very successful pairing was Tina and Rosé because both of them do something very specifically physical on the mm-hmm. runway. And I, it, it makes me think, because obviously, like, you know, the question is, like, does this line up with who we think they are? And, and therefore, we see them be successful. And it's very easy for, for the cameras to catch physicality and for us to catch physicality and be like, oh, yeah, no, that is what Rosé does. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it makes me think about queens to come or queens before branding on the runway like is do you have a signature move along with a signature catchphrase or in tina's case signature colors right 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 yeah like it do you yeah do you become more focused on your branding and i think having a signature walk for example i think is is really smart because it's like that's something you're going to get to do every week you're on the show you know Mm -hmm. and so i think simone like if I just saw a silhouette of someone walking like Simone, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Simone. 
because she has like such a specific walk. Right. I remember, uh, I always think that way, even back to like season four, Kenya Michaels, she has got this walk. It's, it's like the, the, her, her, her legs are like little pistons, like, you know, from like the knee down. <laughs> There's just this way that she does it that I'm like, oh, I love that walk. And I still think about it now. Oh, well, you uh, know, the walk that I, uh, there's two walks that I think about consistently that live rent free in my head uh the first one is from season one and uh god why am i blanking um bald queen <laughs> oh nina flowers no use the boys they're men bald queen. oh angina yes. so <laughs> Mary, flowers. let me well, i'm gonna spice in because oh god uh, it's, it's too early here uh let me just pause here the queen that i always think about is um, angina and mm-hmm. the shoulder thing that she does. Yep, yep, yeah. That's, and that, that, like that was for me when I was like, oh, do an impression of a of a drag queen. Is like, oh, I'm gonna do angina, and I do those that little hands on the, the waist, little shoulders, the waist, mm-hmm. and then the shoulder when she just like changes positions. And then the other one is the obvious vivacious. Yep. Oh, oh, I could watch her walk all day. I could. Watch I want to watch her watch her walk a mile. Walk, I uh, want to like, watch her do a 5K. I like. <laughs> I want to see her do the New York Marathon, but walk the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh my yeah. god, a New York Marathon, but it's just vivacious. Doing 23.6 walking in heels. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else I love is um. It's less of a walk and more of a presentation, but Juju B. She does this thing where she does this like kapow face. You know, she does this like this this big wow face at the end of the runway, and I feel like she's done that multiple times. Oh, interesting. I don't know and, that one. Oh, I feel like if you went back and watched the runway and you saw her do it, you'd be like, oh, I've seen her do that like a hundred times. It's like, oh, of course. Is it um, just Juju B's though? Because I feel like maybe from what I'm imagining, it is other queens have done that like <gasps> face. I think Juju Bees is very specific because hers always does that that like I'm in on the joke thing. Like I feel oh. like she's doing it kind of like wink wink, you know? Got um it. and it. so like that always stood out to me. But yeah, uh signature walk. So, anyone else who you're like I feel like there's so there's I feel like there's a there's a glaring omission here that we're probably not mentioning. Yeah. Someone is screaming at their phone right now. <laughs> sure. And you know, it's just not who it's not speaking to us right now and that's okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean Tyra Banks on Top Model, that was always a challenge, right? Like what is your signature walk? Mine mm-hmm. is this. Naomi yeah. Campbell's is this, you know. Um <laughs> one obvious one that I think we would get we would get buried in tweets if we didn't mention is Alyssa Edwards with the pointing. Oh, sure. Sure. That's the one right. that I knew is like, but what right. about what about yeah, Alyssa well, Edwards you know, I always wonder, pointing. I wonder mm-hmm. if Bob also tapped into that, knowing like, oh, I'm gonna come out purse first, right? Like mm-hmm. that that became a song. That became a thing that like people quoted. You know? Yeah, he probably sold some T-shirts with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about branding. Yeah, uh, but I guess it's like you know what's funny about that is like that was such like strong branding of like who Bob was in this competition and what he did, but it didn't. I didn't feel heavy handed, whereas I feel like now or the later we get into the seasons, it, it starts to feel a little more obvious that like p- that there's more of an effort. You oh, know? oh. And yeah, I'll talk about that, I think, in our after the ad break. But certainly there's uh, catchphrases that are heavy handed and mm-hmm. the like, written in marker. You? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, you know, it, 
it becomes a little cheap, even though I'm fine with it because I understand, you know, it's your platform, it's a game, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit seeing the man behind the curtain and your or or, or the person behind the dress, um, right? And and you know, it you just kind of get wise to. Oh yeah, this is a, this is a TV show, and they're trying to launch their careers, and which is fine. There's absolutely right. no shame in it. Right? Like, Wouldn't I like be doing as, the same thing? Yeah. Like as much as I kind of criticize Tina Burner for having uh, red, yellow, and orange every week, and meanwhile, like back in New York, like that wasn't her thing. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you got to do something. Fine. Make yeah. yourself more graphic. There you go. Work. Yeah. Got to stand out somehow. Um, yeah. 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 Well, Marys, let's, you know, I think I think we got lots to say for this mm-hmm. Freaky Friday episode. Uh, before we do, tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Which is, of course, our beady, beady little podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and word up, doppelgangbangers. And I'm Colin, and she's actually more certified than I am. What is that from? <laughs> that was got Mick talking to Rue about Candy Muse and like being a makeup artist. Oh, and yes. Yeah. She's actually more certified than I am. I found that so charming for some reason. Oh, no. Got Mick was, uh, got Mick, he keeps continuing to charm the fuck out of me. Same. And I didn't, I, I remember the first episode, I, you know, I was just triggered. I was like, oh, he, he reminds me of the mean gays at the club, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but, yeah, no, totally. Ninja goose. goose. Ninja goose. <laughs> Oh, we can't appropriate that word, but yes. <laughs> oh, no. You oh, Okay, go to the ad break. <laughs> All right, Marys, when we come back, we'll talk more about Tenali's elimination, uh, appropriation, and the looks. <laughs> we'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, bye. This week on the All Right, Mary Patreon. All right, Mary. Is uh, it Mrs. Boulash or is it Mrs. Bomb Boulash? Deep cut for the two people that know this reference. Bimini's coat is Kenya Freeman's scarf from season 16 of Project Runway. <laughs> oh my god. I think Bimini. I mean, I think I said this a few weeks ago. Oh my god, imagine if Bimini takes the whole thing. Well, imagine, because I think it's going to happen. I think Bimini's going to win this season. Taste, I love, and I would be so happy if Taste won. I just, I, I get winner from her. I get this confidence. You know, she might have, like, struggled in the season, and it doesn't really matter. I just think she's got it. They'd wa- she, you know, they'd walk in the store and she'd go, Slancha, you know? Oh, God. Ugh. Michelle and a Bennigan's. As I got older, there because I was attracted to my these male waiters, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Then you start to sexualize the idea of being, oh, I want to be a TGI Friday's waiter. <laughs> it's the Miller Boyette productions. He just, he was, he, any Miller Boyette, he was like, I'm on it. I got I have a uh, I have a song that has nothing to do with the theme of your show and will involve a lot of cityscapes. So get that mm. helicopter, you know. Team what, Bimini, hashtag, yeah. Team Bimini, but won't be mad if anyone else wins, frankly. <laughs> um To hear the, all that and more, go to patreon.com slash allrightmary. Alright, Mary. You know, as this episode was playing out. I found myself thinking and feeling, finally, I was like, you know who's a real charmer? Denali. I'm, I'm really enjoying this Denali. She's, you know, we're getting lots of, lots of talking heads and 
um, I'm just getting a little bit more of like Denali in the workroom. And, you know, it took me 800 weeks, but I, uh, I, I really kind of grew to enjoy her, kind of get her more this, this episode. And, uh, you know, joke's on me. So, well, <laughs> yeah. Hope yeah, you enjoyed Denali, it. Denali went home. You know, I, I was talking earlier about kind of heavy handed branding and, you know, the later skaters thing it's like, okay, girl, like, we get it. You're an ice skater. Like, that's part of your brand. Um, I I would be lying if I said that I thought your brand on RuPaul's Drag Race as an ice skater would work. And because obviously off the show, it could totally work. Her latest video was fucking brilliant and beautifully mm-hmm. shot. She's ice skating and whatever. But, you know, I... I don't know. Later skaters with the eight. I was like, okay, there's this '90s vibe to it, but um, yeah, I you know, if you're gonna of- be the ice skating queen, you have to at least say toe pick once this season. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. There's a rule. I checked it. It's in a book. It's like three Thank chapters you. in. It says if you're gonna be an ice skating queen, you have to quote the Cutting Edge at some point, preferably toe pick. Topic, yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot that you know in the ice skating world. You know, uh, double axel, uh, triple sow cow, the quad. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Just like one Tanya Harding reference, like like mimic hitting somebody in the knee with a with a metal you know bar once, just once, you know. Give us one. Why? You yeah, know, like yeah. you have well, to yeah. like give us Oksana Bayul drunk on the, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's a really dark joke. But still, yeah, there's, <laughs> but there's it's drag. Go for it. You know, yeah, like right, be right. the ice skating queen. Like, right. you know, uh, take me to the rink, you know. Well, and what's interesting, because first of all, I just want to say this outright based on the challenge and the lip sync. I don't think Denali should have gone home. Mm, yeah, I was thinking about that as like, isn't. Technically, didn't Denali go home for something Olivia did? Because Denali was just the model, you know? Yeah, and they were both in the bottom together. I don't think that Olivia, like, basically, okay, basically, if you, when it all comes down to it, you know, Olivia gave Denali a really nice dress that apparently was a tearaway, which we found out after the show, right, uh, on social media. Um, and oh, I didn't see that. And Denali gave Olivia her, I mean, really her entrance look, right? Like, basically a look that she's done before. They just traded clothes, which is fine. And and it was this ice skating thing. And she made Olivia kind of do this weird ice skating thing on the runway, which I thought was a poor choice. It's like, if you're not going to wear ice skates, don't pretend to ice skate in heels. Like it, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't translate. It looks right. awkward. It looks like you got those, like those little, um, those little scrubber shoes. You know, do you ever see those? I think it's like a shark tank thing where it's like mop shoes and you use them to mop. Right, right. Yes. No, it's, uh, it's very Pippi Longstocking. Did you see mm. that movie? Oh my, with Eileen Brennan. Oh, of course. With, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie is such a, like, a weird part of my childhood. Same. It's like kind of creepy in a way. Yeah, um, no, it is very creepy with the horse and the monkey. The horse and the Eileen and Brennan. the dad, the pirate oh, dad. Oh, the pirate dad with the beard. Eileen Brennan yeah. was weird. Basically, Eileen Brennan was trying to do the right thing by like putting her, you know, giving her a, a family, you know. Um, but I, I guess she was the villain, though. But I, I, She was. Yeah. We should revisit that movie. Uh, that would be, mm, that'd be fun. 
Um, yeah, the the I I always cringed at the the two neighbor kids. Uh, there's that song "Running Away" that they sing, and I'm just like, oh, they're I think they're sitting in some barrel flying over a canyon. I'm just like, oh, this is. <laughs> Oh, you remember so much more of this than I do. I oh, just it, remember it, cer- it certainly stuck. Yes, there's some flying that happens. Yeah, yes, yeah. She flies. Yeah, no. We'll talk about that another time. But um, yeah, why were we? T- oh, because of the ice skating on the runway. It's just like yeah, yeah, poor choice. You know, it's you're not cross country skiing, girl. Uh, if you mm, can't exude yeah. skater without doing the without wearing skates, it's like girl, just put on the skates. You know, right. Or just like lean in and have like a full body Nordic track like skier and you know what I mean like that's a look to come out on a Nordic track. Uh, that's I my guess kind of drag. That would be very yeah. difficult, but yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I, I, when it comes down to it, yeah, Olivia looked pretty good and and very Denali. Like I was like, oh, that's Denali. And then if I had looked, to guess, yeah, I'd say Denali. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even. A, I mean, I would. I would put money on that. Like, oh, no, she's mm-hmm. doing Denali, right? Mm-hmm. And then with Denali's look that Olivia put her in, it's like, oh, God, what happened here? She looked like she she looked like Mariah as Alyssa, as Faye Dunaway, as Grown Crawford. Yeah, as someone's aunt years. at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the makeup didn't work. And honestly, like, I would have expected a better wig from an Olivia look, right? Like, especially because yeah, right. her wigs have been so on point. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised I, that that like because I know they made that the judges made that comment of like why not put her in like you know the signature Olivia hair? You know, like I don't, was it was there a similar concern that Utica had about appropriation? I don't know. I'm just saying like that seemed to me the obvious layup. The judges literally said we love this wig, we love mm, this hair. So mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah, I, you know, and then, and I, all the other queens kind of agreed on the runway. They're like, yeah, Olivia, you know? I mean, yeah. there's something I mean, to be said in the sauce, right? And then we yeah. go to that lip sync, and I'm sorry, but I, I don't know if it was the editing. I don't know if it was the air cowbell, but like for me, Denali mm. had much more nuance with that song. Yeah, at one point, yeah, she like hiked up her dress and she was like scooting around, and I was mm. like, "Look at you scooting around like the like like the the devil's licking the you know the toes of your you know the tips of your toes here." Jeez. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I didn't see. I never got the moment of like, "Oh, that's where Olivia won," you know. Right. I I felt like mm, really either one of them could, and um, I mean at this, I guess I had, had assumed. Has- so many wins. I also say a track that. record. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still like, oh, you know, there are, there were challenges where we were like, why did Olivia win? Or why wasn't Olivia in the bottom? That kind of thing. Olivia was just mm-hmm. in the bottom last week. You know, there's a lot to be said about Denali going home. And I wonder if this is supposed to be the gag of the season in a way um, mm. where it's like, oh, she shouldn't have gone home. Kind of like a Jan sport where they're setting Denali to be on all stars, you know. Right. Right. Uh, that kind right. of there's- thing. Yeah, there's something about like being safe or high most of the season, never getting a win, and then kind of getting the the chop. That it's like, well, it, it sort of seems like the obvious reason to have someone in all stars. It's like finish what they started. Yeah, and you know the other thing that you when you were starting, you were like, oh, I started to connect with Denali more this episode. Like, of course they're gonna give the queen that goes mm-hmm. home a little bit more airtime. But you know, when 
I, I, I appreciated the discussion of like, yeah, I'm emulating, you know, the strong women in my life or the strong women on the ice rink and whatever. And I think that's all fine. But I don't know. I, I don't know if, if I'm thinking about these pairings, I feel like this is the pair that I don't think they each have like a true definition of who they are in drag. I don't think they have a strong drag identity yet. Mm. Um, maybe Denali in the sense that it's an ice skater, but there's only like, what does that person say? What does that person do on a runway? You know, it's, it's harder. That's all I mean to say. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how they would embody each other's drag because I don't think they know how to talk about it. Yeah, it, it, like it was interesting, for example, that when the like the instructions to be Olivia on the runway was this, you know, it's very graceful, like, you know, uh, you know, gown queen. But it's like, but hasn't Olivia shined when she's not doing that? Like, right. I feel like where she's I think where she's popped the most or been the most exciting is when she's not just being a gown queen. And uh, so it, it just made me think like, oh, well. well is that who you think? Is that who you are? Then why haven't we seen that all season? Like, yeah. with Denali, like, Kamora like, Hall was a gown queen, you know? Right. And it's like, right. what's the difference between Kamora on the runway and and Olivia on the runway? You know, I, very interesting that Olivia has not tapped into that yet. Um, and Denali, you know, I know she's like, yeah, athletic, ice skater, and, and that's it. You know, it's like, oh, I, I'm an ice skater, but not on ice. You know, it's just like, okay, well, how does that what does that look like? And it's not like that. I mean, I guess there's been like a little bit of it throughout the season, but other than like being on roller skates last week, it, that also hasn't been like a consistent theme in her runways where mm. as a point of comparison, I think, um, you know, Utica and Simone, I feel like what we saw this week was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because like, you know, uh, Simone's drag, you know, commonly represents black culture and what she loves about being black and Utica's drag represents this kind of like weird fashiony art thing. And so it's like, yeah, this is consistent with what we've seen from them all season, even though it is totally different. Whereas I felt like, you know, we're more being told that this is who Utica and Den or, uh, Olivia and Denali are. I feel like Denali is great at the short program, but not the long program of her figure skating. Oh, wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it for, a, for you know, the short program. It's like, wow. Okay, Denali. And then it's like, okay, give me more. And she doesn't mm -hmm. have any more. Mm. She doesn't have any more tricks. Yeah. I mean, I uh, in, in terms of, like, liking her, it was less of, like, the drag. Because, yeah, I, I, I've always thought, yeah, her drag is, is really strong. But I don't get the same kind of narrative I get from some of the other queens. But I think mm -hmm. her personality... Like, I love that part where, like, Got Mick was, like, trying to show, uh, you know, uh, doing a candy runway in the workroom. And I love that Denali, like, walked by candy and was like, oh, is Mick being you right now? Like, it was just so, like, it was just, it was so, like, it's crazy, right? Like, it was so casual. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mick is Mick being you right now? Right. And, right. like, moments like that, I feel like we were seeing more of Denali like that in the workroom versus just, you know, competitor, like I need to win this week. I'm wearing mm. my lamp dress, you know, and boots. Yeah. 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 And, and it was like, Oh, this is like, this is all I really needed was just to see more of who you are. Yeah. Um, but that didn't really, I mean, I still felt like, yeah, Olivia and Denali were certainly in the bottom. And even they, I think agreed that they were at the bottom too this week. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. 
Um, that I'll it, say it, this just as a, as a as an, uh, an addition to that though. Yes, they were in the bottom. I can't say that. I I think that Tina and Rose were very lucky that Olivia and Denali were on that runway this week. Okay, I we'll talk about that maybe in another. Oh no, you know later on. Um, but I thought, I thought. In terms of looks, I hear what you're saying, but in terms of like embodying, girl, like they did it. It was yes, I I certainly embodying, but the looks, it it was not. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it was like oh. these are not your shoes. Like oh, it's just Mary. not fitting. You Mary. know, it was so funny in Untucked. Oh, I was watching it with uh, with my, my my little Kiki friends, um, and every single time they showed Tina. It was just like this random shot of Tina. We laughed out loud because it was like, oh, oh, God. It just, I mean, I think people kept commenting about how, like, what Tina's drag looked like on Rosé. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have less of an issue with Rosé Burner than I do with uh, Rose B over here. Like, I, like. Rose I, B? Oh. Is, yeah, is Rose that, A, Rose B. Uh, oh, Rose Rose B. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rose Burner, yeah. Oh <laughs> Rose God, B. Rose B. That's a funny joke. Yeah, I, I'm, you. you know, it's very funny. It's very thank funny. Thank you, thank you, Sharers, mom. Thank yes, you. Yeah, I, like, I just like. Rose B. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with roast beef. I yeah. mean, Mary, it, in your mind, maybe it was a Rose F. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, this was like a row past fail, more fail. Yeah, this was. Um, this was summer school, honey. <laughs> yeah. This was, yeah, this was Rose Mezzanine, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was... This was like, you're the old lady in Home Alone 2 in the in the attic of Carnegie Hall watching this show. You're, right. you're Rose the, Balcony, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're many Rose, Rose back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> two turtle doves. Um, yeah. I, I, you know what? We'll we'll put a pin in it, Mickey, and we'll talk about those those two later on, um, because yeah, you're you're right. There is there is much to discuss. They are very lucky, um, but you know, um, I guess any queen that doesn't do the worst but doesn't do the best is also lucky in that sense. Sure, I mean, we, you almost every challenge has that. Snatch Game always has that. Of queens mm-hmm. are like, well, you're ju- you're lucky that the two of them were as bad as they were because otherwise. They'd be talking to you right now. Yeah, um, right, right, right. Um, let's talk about this mini challenge, Mary. This people were upset about this. Uh, were they? I, Pe- well, people get upset about all kinds of things that's these true. days. That's very yeah. true. Um, this was a bit that went on a little too far and a little too long. I mean, the moment they performed "Landing on the Couch," I, I was like, <laughs> I need my pocketbook. I need my pocketbook. Start the car. I need my pocketbook because yeah, I'm, right. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Um. <laughs> I, you know, when I left, I left with my pocketbook when Shard was talking about the calf and was speaking for the calf. I was like, how am I supposed to take any psychic seriously after this? Yeah. I mean, the only the only thing, the only good that came out of that was another likable moment of Denali is when she said, this cow is speaking through Shard to Utica. No, actually, that checks out. Like, there was like, oh, you... Why couldn't we get more of these talking heads? This is very charming. Um, but yeah, I, I the the little googling I did on um, 
Charlene Margolis. I don't know what her name is, but uh, I'm going to call her Charlene. Um, people, like, her Wikipedia is just, like, reading her to filth. That she's, oh, a, total, wow. that she's a total fake. and <gasps> She's a hack. She's a hack. She's a hack. She's a charlatan. Marilyn yeah. Hack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Home for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was nominated. I, it was, it's a nomination. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I, uh, the, other, the other thing that I thought was really kind of problematic about this bit is that they were performing psychicness and were trying to get a moment out of Tina with her dad. And I'm oh, like, actually, yeah. this would have been a lot better placed had Tina had more control over it. Had she not just been directed to bounce onto the couch and then like sink into this real moment. Yeah. I feel well, like this, oh, like God. what, like, like, what if this was like a workroom visit where like they went to each of the queens and had a little like, like if it was more a little one by one, a little more intimate, maybe it would have been um, less hacky, you know? Well, it would have felt more like an episode of Long Island Medium, right? But like, mm. but still to have a hack talk to Tina and say, you know, he's here to apologize to you. It's like, what? Yeah, it was like now is not the time. Yeah. Uh, well, and it also, was... like, it's not real. So what are you trying to create here? Uh, and I know that, like, that's just mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't think this psychic was real. Like, clearly the producers knew that Tina right. had this, you know, it was it very, right. it felt very Scientology, you know? <laughs> well, that was, of course, my, my you know, tinfoil hat of, like, okay, but surely she was given lots of information about these people before. Like, the, like this oh, is, yeah. yeah, like this was not oh, a true yeah. psychic moment. Like Utica a few weeks ago talked about, you know, feeding Clara and they were like, okay, so you'll know which one, but the one who lived on the farm, ask her about her cow. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the cringe moment for me, because, you know, it, it's cringe moment the same way that Kremenem is in the hizzy for Shizboy is a cringe mm. moment. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had one in a while. We have not had a criminal in a long while. Yeah. The one is when Olivia goes, oh, she's amazing. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear that. I probably at that point, I was uh, in the car with my pocketbook waiting to leave. After, it's after Charlene talks about, you know, Denali and Rosé kind of having a crush on each other. And then they cut to Olivia going on the couch going, oh, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. I... I was I was putting my face in a bagel at that point, like literally a bagel. Uh, that's not a euphemism. I was really eating a bagel, um, so I missed that bagels, part. Bagels, yeah. A bagel, yeah. Broadway bagels. <laughs> Whatever the third one was, yeah. Yeah, right. Alexis Shell, take a drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> nuance, nuance, Alexis Shell. Um, yeah, this uh, it was you know it was an interesting way to set up the pairings. I you know I got to give it to them, Biella. Uh, that they're like, yeah, this is the bit that we're gonna do to get them yeah. in their pairings, and I'm like, okay, well, everybody's and we got psychic the, these days, and we got these little portmanteaus. I mean, I'm sure everyone has different ones, but mine were Simodica, Alin Ali. I know people are doing, you know, Denivia, but excuse or me, Delivia, yeah. or Delivia, <laughs> but it's Alin Ali. Um, got Muse. Oh, that's uh, a great one. Yeah, and then uh, Broserner. <laughs> oh, wait, Roserner. I put Broserner, but I guess it could be Roserner. Why do you I put, put Bros? I wanted to get the B in there. 
Oh, okay. The B because of, of Rose Rose B. Yeah, yeah. Rose B. Yeah, because of Rose B. Rose A and Rose B. Rose B. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I didn't have any um, portmanteaus, but yeah. uh, I do love Samotica. I think that's great. Samotica. That sounds like that sounds like a strain of marijuana. Yeah. Mm, I can get into that. Also, you know, uh, Matreon listeners who uh, just heard our Drag Race UK recap will be pleased to know that this week you are getting two Kenya Freeman scarf references because RuPaul enters that workroom wearing Kenya Freeman scarf. Mm, mm, Project yeah. Runway season 16. <laughs> correct. Correct. Kenya Freeman. I know that scarf from somewhere. Project Kenya Runway. Too much. Love Too it. much. Um, um, I, I, we should talk about this ongoing. I can't believe it lasted two episodes with the same queen, this appropriation discussion. Uh, this is in my yeah. mind because I was just listening to the latest uh, Ebony and Irony episode, which was all about appropriation versus appreciation. Yeah. Um, so just very interesting because uh, they were talking about um, Billie Holiday and, and Joey Arias was on there. Um, but interesting how they navigated this and how Simone went to RuPaul. And brought it up with RuPaul. Mm -hmm. As if the producers were like, you can say this to RuPaul. Yeah, I I thought that was a really interesting moment and also a very deliberate choice. Because, like, it's not that I don't understand Utica's concerns. Utica knows the environment that she's she's going into and that, like, it'd be very easy to, you know, misstep or be seen as misstepping. And, like, I get... Her concern. Sure. I th- and I think it was valid to kind of show that concern and be like, okay, well, we're not going to like, you know, invalidate that. But I think there were like very intentional steps taken to respond to that concern. And I think having RuPaul respond to it was like the most intentional one. Oh, so intentional. I wrote down the quote because, you know, there were, she was like, well, is this, is this right? Blah, 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 blah. And RuPaul said, well, if you're coming from a place of love, you ain't got to worry about what other people got to say. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that is one paradigm. Right now on Twitter, there's a very different paradigm, which is that, uh, that the impact is more important than the intent. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it, it's just an interest. I would love to see that discussion between those two sides, like a RuPaul right. talking to somebody that claims that impact is you know, more important than the actual intent. It doesn't matter what your intent is. It it goes back to that phrase, uh, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how good your intention was if you hurt somebody. Uh, You know, that's the argument here, RuPaul. Yeah, and I think think Utica was kind of, was the impact side of the conversation, and RuPaul was the intention part of the conversation, and I think then Simone was like, okay, you guys duke it out. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I, you know, I got to go get into this weird dress with no sleeves. Um, I, uh, it deserved yeah. more than this slogan though. And that's, the, mm, I think that's, the, I agree. The, that's kind of the problem with it and why people might throw RuPaul under the bus these days is because RuPaul is very much a slogan near and, mm-hmm. and, and which is fine for some people. It, it works on Instagram the other way. Right. Um, but if, so if you're coming from a place of love, right, sure. We get that. And, what what else? What about the people that 
you know, are like, no, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Learn, learn. You know, there's that uh, whole other side. Mm-hmm. I do wish that there was just more expanded upon. Um, and they can't do that on Drag Race. I get that. Um, but it right. is it is worth uh, just noting that there is much more to RuPaul's paradigm and much more to Utica's. Yeah, yeah, it certainly could have taken up the entire workroom uh, visit is just talking through all that. But, um, I mean, I I don't know. The, uh, lately, I've, I feel like I've started to kind of see, you know, the bird behind the curtain when it comes to Twitter and realizing, like, okay, I think... I think the only solution is to disengage, you know, it like can rail against, you know, social media culture and like all of this, but it's like, uh, this is, you're, you're, you're pissing into the wind, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's better to just <clears throat> step away and not try to make sense of it. But sure. I, I think for someone like, you know, Utica or someone who's on TV, who's on social media promoting themselves, it's like, Oh, I gotta, you know, I can't do that. So, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the, the product that, that came about is very much I'm glad that they brought this topic up before it happened because uh, I think I do think it helped people kind of digest it but it, it did come off more as appreciation it came off as well you know it's not like she's putting on this uh, I think Simone said it Utica wasn't putting on a color Utica was right. putting on Simone and and that's what you have to go for. Uh, well, you know, she didn't was, darken her yeah. skin or anything she wasn't raving about it <laughs> oh yeah right right Oh my! Oh my gosh! I mean, oh god! Maybe I'll, like, oh. I don't. I don't know what I think about that one. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a Patreon discussion. But um, I. But I think that that was ultimately like the, also the really important point was like also Utica. Like, let's get beyond the skin color and like, what's the personality here? What's the energy here? And I think she totally did that. I think she totally figured that out. But I felt like that was also really interesting and kind of goes back to our clip of the week is like none of what Simone was instructing Utica to do on the runway to be her was like, you know, stereotypical kind of like, you know, and and do this and do that, that like Mm -hmm. would be like, oh, you're, you're, you know, playing a black character on the stage right now. It wasn't about that. When he, when he imitates Simone, right? She Mm -hmm. wasn't even doing that, which I think would have been a little bit more appropriation, not even appropriation, but more of a a parody instead of, no, this is the light. Yeah. Yeah. You mean that sort of like Dominique Devereaux kind of like presentation? Yeah. Whereas this was like the attitude. It was the essence and it was like the power. Yeah. And and I felt like it was such a successful transformation because it was like, I think RuPaul like, you know, explained it perfectly. It was like she was she had all that power and she had all that kind of like, um, I don't know, just confidence and standing up straight and taller on stage. But Mm -hmm. there was still some humor there. Like you never Mm -hmm forgot that it was Utica doing this. And I think, um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of interesting also as like a landing point on this, that like also it's, it's beyond whether she's playing a black character or a white character or a black person or a white person. It's, it's seeing, okay, well, what, what else is there to Simone other than her being black? There is so much more, you know, and for sure. Um, and being able to recognize that. Yeah. There's, there's an entrance to her Mm -hmm. drag that, Utica needed to tap into. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad that the show is bringing up these discussions. Um, it it just seems sometimes it's a little shortchanged with the slogans. And I can mm-hmm. say that on both sides, right? Because it sounds like you were saying Utica's coming from one place, RuPaul was coming from another place, and Simone's like, what do I do? Which yeah. I appreciate. 
I appreciate. Um, another, another thing that I thought was interesting to to briefly talk about is got mix because if we're talking about putting on a character or putting mm-hmm. on an identity, I think about got mix discussion with Candy. Uh, did you have any any thoughts on that? Oh, just like in the workroom talking about masculinity and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, <clears throat> I thought it was. I think it was like the benefit, I mean, you know, many reasons, the benefit of, of having, you know, diverse representation on Drag Race. But I think <clears throat> having got Mick on as a trans man, then talking about like, like that was so, I guess something I didn't, I'd never really thought about of like, got Mick was saying, I look at all these other trans men in my life and they're so masculine and they're, they're you know, just, and I'm not that. And I thought, oh, that's, it's funny how that relates to like what a cisgendered man would would experience so especially a cisgendered gay man of like oh should i be acting more masculine like i think Mm. that was um but i think it's just so much more complex when it comes to somebody transitioning and then got mick kind of getting that place of like can i even transition like is that my only option is to be like that and i love the conclusion of like yeah but like look at all these faggy marys at brunch i can Mm, be feminine you know like i love like you know that there was a a liberation in being feminine you know and being a feminine man oh totally totally and even to call it a feminine man is leaning into that binary right but like doesn't matter right like yeah Mm -hmm. there are there are femme men there are masked men then they're gay and straight and whatever and you can just be yourself. I, 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 it goes back to what Candy followed up with. Like, she was like, I have so much respect because it's just being 100% in your skin and being who you are. And God makes like, yeah, I'm femme. And, and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's so beautiful. I, I, I struggle with that a lot. It's like, yeah, I, I can swish, swish down the aisles of Whole Foods. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not necessary. Some people might think that that's weird. And it's like, well, no. It's it's also it it's what men do also you know mm-hmm. yeah one I think it's that that you know kind of goes to later on the runway when she says that like we solved our traumas through the art of not giving a fuck and I feel mm. like that's um, like that is ultimately I kind of feel like the path for like anybody is like it's like I think RuPaul had said to Pearl like your fear of looking stupid is holding you back or your fear fear of looking dumb is holding you back. And it's like, this is true for anyone that ultimately at the end of the day is like when you're considering what other people are going to be thinking, then yeah, then you're the prisoner to that. Then you're never going to evolve to who you are. And like, it's getting over that. And um, it's just interesting to hear different variations on that, to hear, you know, how that manifested for Candy versus how that manifested for Got Mick, you know? Yeah. And it just, it's such a relatable struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be Got Mick's experience. It could be Candy's experience. My experience is very different about my, or my journey into finding love for myself. Like I think everybody can have their own journey to love themselves and it's it's a goal. You eventually the goal is to eventually just love yourself and it's so hard. And uh it reminds me of a recent Amanda Gorman quote. I know there's a Billy Porter song about it, but just how the act of loving yourself is is quite revolutionary. Mm. <clears throat> well, yeah, when you think about how much, you know, uh, advertising and consumerism is built on not loving yourself. Oh, yeah. You know? Mary. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I, I was I, it was an interesting thing to think about of like, what if 
however you are right now. Like I've always thought of myself as, yeah, but me, if I did this, me, if I lost like 10 pounds, right. me, if I like, when I do this, when mm-hmm. I do this, oh, but when I'm thin, I'll, oh, well, yeah. when I the, fit to that, mm-hmm. I'll do this. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, like maybe if, I, oh, you know, I got this weird little tooth that's a little crooked. Maybe if, when I get that fixed, then, and it's like, you know, and, and beyond physical. Like when I live in this kind of apartment, when I make this kind of money, mm-hmm. when I have this kind of relationship, mm-hmm. and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's always that conditional, and it's like, it, it I, would, I would say that this episode did give me a moment of pause of like, what if, exactly as it is right now, it was like, you know, you just, you know, said, yep. I love this. This is great. And it's uh, the weirdest thing about that is like nobody's stopping you from doing that. Oh, but they will try. <laughs> but like ultimately nobody's stopping you you're from doing right. it. Like You're no, absolutely like, right. At the end of the day, like you're the only one with the password, you know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, people can say things and people can look a certain way, but like that's just you putting, you know, you know, that's just you putting money on that bet. But like, it's the weirdest thing to realize. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you make the decision. Matter. Doesn't yeah. fucking matter. You got to care about Heidi. You yeah, know? you got to worry about Heidi. No, absolutely. I, I, I think about the mean gaze. Like when when mean gaze or toxic gaze interact with someone that loves themselves that doesn't fit their mold, they get meaner. They mm-hmm. get they they scream louder about it. They say more bold things. They'll insult you to your face more. Uh, and if they sniff out any sense of insecurity, they will continue to lean into that and lean into that power. But the more that you're just like, I, I don't give a shit and I'm not going to allow you, I'm not going to entertain that. What we, the phrase you, ch- you chose, right? Which is like, you're not going to bet, put money on that. Um, mm-hmm. The better, um, but they will try. And you know what? Not just them. And this is uh, sister Mary Shane uh, was talking about this in her podcast. Like the, the, biggest voice that will try to keep you down is actually yourself it's it's not mm-hmm. even the mean gaze but it's actually yourself because <laughs> the mean gaze are irrelevant the mean gaze the moment you walk out of that bar or out of that space they don't exist anymore and that and right. they still have to go home to whatever it is they're running away from so like sure. that's none of your business like it's right yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Uh, all this is so much easier said than done, but like it's good. Oh, to that's why it's a revolution, it. right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, if if everybody could love themselves, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? No, if everybody could love themselves uh, willy nilly, especially queer people who I think yeah. have a, a bigger struggle because we grow up in a world where we're told to hate ourselves. Um, it and then when we get into our communities, what was that new phrase uh, or that new kind of uh, quip, which is like, oh, it it gets better because you know straight people stop trying to kill you, but then it's just mean gays in their thirties uh, hate you more or bully mm-hmm. you more, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, you you go into the safe space and it's full of all these other damaged people. That's who, what you it know, is. like that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so it's just like oh, other God. damaged people, absolutely, right, right. Oh, jeez. Um, and that's real talk, right? But mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, if everybody could just do that, if everybody could just be like, you know, they grow up well-adjusted and know how to love themselves and know how to lean into their weirdness, fuck yeah. But, it, you know, that's a struggle. That's a lifelong thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I I do think, though, it's, it, you know, being 36 now, it's like, I'm, you know, there's no there, but I would 36. say like, Sorry. I'm 36, <laughs> 36. Uh, but like compared to when I was 26, like, 
it definitely gets, I don't know if it gets easier, but you just see more, you know? You just, uh, you suddenly see more, you know? <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Do you want your pocketbook? Are you leaving? <laughs> I already left. Yeah. Uh, I didn't leave a tip either. <laughs> no, I noticed. No, I noticed. I found a oh, couple God. of nickels under a napkin, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she said, "Feed me," and I said, "No." Um, <laughs> I, uh, Mary, I, I, I think what it comes down to is it's a struggle. And when Candy and Got Mick were on the runway, kind of promoting that, I was like, "Work, fabulous." And then it goes into the untucked moment, and you're like, "Oh, and you have a mom like that? Fuck yeah!" Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, and and kind of just pausing there on the runway, I feel like you know, kind of in the lens of like drag race is a pageant, right? And there's something about having like pageant answers. And I feel like when RuPaul is asking like, what did you learn from each other, you know, in this challenge, like that answer of, you know, we solved our traumas through the art of not giving a fuck. It's like, that is, mm. yes, it's true, but it's also like, that's the kind of answer RuPaul's looking for is like, oh yeah, she salivated, know, she slipped off her chair. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and, and really it's like, when you think about it, Simone, Utica, Mick, and Candy each gave perfect pageant answers for Drag Race mm -hmm. because Simone learned to have more fun. It's like the fucking Wizard of Oz here. Simone learned to have more fun. Utica learned how to find her power. Uh, you know, got Mick learned, you know, talks about, you know, the art of not giving a fuck. And Candy says, and I shaved my ass. And that's what yeah. RuPaul's looking for is that mix of like, uh, have more fun, find your power, you know, heal from your trauma and make it funny. Make me fucking laugh. And oh, God. Put that I on thought, a tote bag, Mary. <laughs> right? I mean, that is like the credo of like, that's what, that's what RuPaul wants on that runway when he asks that question. And yeah. it just made me think like, all right, uh, you know, y'all are acting like top four over here with answers like that. Yeah. You heard it here I mean, first, Marys. Listen. <laughs> I don't think Utica's making top four. I don't know. I, this could be, you know, listen, we have many more months of this season. She could totally <laughs> be on a turnaround here. Wait till June before you say that. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, wait till June. That's right. Right. After SATs, then you can yeah, say that. Then you can yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. But we're not there oh, yet. God. Well, Mary, let's keep talking about uh, this runway and these looks. But before we do, we're going to take a quick little break. You know what I love? What's that, Mary? I love therapy. Oh, you love her. Love her, need her. Can't get enough of her, which is why we love BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. Tinder wishes. And with phone or video sessions available, scheduling a session is as easy as ordering a pizza. And I do love pizza. I also love that you can send a message to your counselor at any time and actually get a response. And if you want to change counselors, no problem. It's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy, and there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month 
by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And again, that's H-E-L-P. So, Mary, I think the one of the most successful pairs on the runway, not necessarily for their looks, because I do have things to say about their looks, which I'm sure you do too, but I thought Tina and Rosé, because they're both actors, really knew what to access. And, and just that moment where Tina was like, no, 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 that's not it. You just did your Rosé. You mm-hmm. just did that. I love that, that yeah. part. That was really interesting because they were really breaking down like the architecture of their drag. Like they were getting real meta with it. And mm. uh, uh, yeah, I thought that like I I think that they both did capture that energy. I feel like um, I noticed this with some of them. I noticed with, with Rosé and even with Got Mick where it's like when you're doing that kind of like full body imitation of someone, <clears throat> I feel like sometimes people people go a little bit faster than they need to because they're like trying to hit all of the familiar beats. Mm. And I feel like when you're really embodying someone, you need to like slow it down and like not try to like do all the affectations, you know, as they're popping into your mind, but like let the affectations kind of just exist. You know what I mean? Like like a snatch game character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I, and I felt like Rose was like really show like, like this is Tina. This is what Tina does. See, she does this, and then she points and she goes that way. And it's like, I know, just do it. Just, I, I think, I could see what she was doing, but I could also see her thinking about what she was doing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I still thought that they were very successful when it came to physicalities. Tina, I think, went a little fast too. I think they both went a little fast. Uh, mm-hmm. and that there, there could have been more, but still, I, I thought it was really successful physically, and it just made me think of the challenge as a whole being very interesting because it's, it's, it's a different type of reading challenge. It's more about respect. You're reading mm-hmm. their runway walk and their essence, and then you're appreciating it instead of like making fun of it. Yeah, yeah, and I. I- and I think, again, I think that's where Simone and Utica were just the most successful because it just, it just felt like pure appreciation where like everyone else it felt, I mean, Denali and Olivia, I think it was just, you know, kind of whatever that was. But I think between, you know, uh, Brosner or whatever they are and, uh, you know, Got Muse, there was like a little bit of making fun of each other or certainly like I feel like, you know, Got Mick was having mm-hmm. some fun with playing Candy, but yeah. I also think... Well, yeah, but if you're going to be Candy Muse, like her you're name's not Candy, t- yeah, yeah, for God's sake, it's Candy Muse. Uh, if only she could have jiggled her thigh. I love that. Th- oh my God, Mary, <gasps> that was so funny. Oh Mary, I, I can't say, do that. I gotta say that <laughs> I can't do that. Shut the fuck up, you skinny I, bitch. No, I just I don't have that kind of rhythm. That's that's not about oh, oh, that's not about okay, weight. That's okay. about being able to move your body with with uh, intention. <laughs> Mary, I think so. That. Got Mick and Candy in rehearsal. Those two geese won it for me. I got to yeah, say, yeah. I love a thick leg in a short short and heels. Girl, mm-hmm. I, that does something for me. It really Candy does. Candy in those shorts all season. Mm-hmm. I love those shorts. And it's then like, she did that little shake. I was like, girl, this is confidence. This is fabulous. And then the yeah. one Got Mick was just, he was so cute trying to be her. Yeah, it was. I, I felt like it was giving me 
Drag Race UK, like Queens having a good time mm-hmm. vibes. That's yeah. been the big thing I've, <clears throat> you know, one of the big things I've noticed is like, obviously the Drag Race UK girls have had their moments, but like they consistently have way more fun than the season 13 girls. Sure. And I feel like Candy and Got Mick, it was like, oh, I think I think y'all are just having some fun finally. I think you're taking a breath here. And it was, uh, it was good TV. Yeah. Yeah, that, ooh. Short shorts, thick leg heels. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were talking about Tina and Rose. What did you find about their looks that was so unsuccessful? You were like, they're, they're very lucky. You know, I think that really what it, I mean, I think that Tina's, Tina's look on Utica was fine. Like it was, it was, it was a bit of like, okay, kind of figured out how to like, it's fine. I felt like Rose's makeup on Tina wasn't flattering to her, even in the same way that her own makeup is. Like they kept reading Tina's makeup, and I was like, I think Tina's makeup looks better on Tina than Rose's makeup looks on Tina. You say that one more time. Oof. I think Tina's makeup looks better on Tina than Rose's makeup looks on Tina. Like they kept reading Tina's eyes and I can finally oh. see her and she looks pretty. And I was like, actually, I think Tina's makeup makes sense on her face. Like she's clearly figured out what works for her. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it's whatever Rose did on her. Like it just it, it well, reminded me a little bit of Elliot last week where I was like, where's the rest of your makeup? Uh huh. No, I that I totally get that. I. I think with well, first of all, when they first showed Rose as Tina in the workroom, it, Tuna Burger, yeah, it it felt like a, a punchline. Like it was, it was Rose kind of coming out as Tempest Du Jour in a way. Not that Tempest Du Jour's makeup is bad, but like she just looked older, and it didn't look, it it just didn't look very elegant. I don't think I think, and they kept setting this up in Talking Heads, but Rose's face is very difficult to paint because of her bone structure and I think mm. Tina really struggled because she came out Rose came out and I was like this is is this supposed to be funny you know and maybe maybe that's good uh and I sort of got Tina right yeah I um I saw someone saying on on Twitter that it was a little bit of Kasha, Kasha Davis which is oh that's what it is too which sure which I can totally get into um it was I think there was that sense of like we're not supposed to think this looks like this isn't like a miss cookie moment you know no no i don't think you're supposed to be like that yeah i also yeah. thought the wig was too rosé and not very tina mm yeah i it, it i just yeah it i just didn't to be honest like real real like the first time i watched this episode i i actually liked olivia and denali more than oh. tina and rosé okay I I felt like oh and maybe it was because I just really enjoyed the Alanali you know uh, kind of energy throughout the episode. I really enjoyed the two of them together, you know. But uh, I I like listen. I'm just gonna say it. I did not like these. I did not like Tina or Ray Rose's looks at all this week. That's just, fair, Mary. Have an opinion. No problem. Yeah, I have no an problem. opinion. Yeah, no problem. I just uh, I mean uh, Olivia's makeup and wig on Denali I uh, it was bad and I just thought that Olivia's runway where she was doing the skating and stuff and it was basically her workroom look I'm just like yeah I don't know 
I, I guess I wouldn't take off points for it being very like a workroom Denali or entrance look Denali. Like that's fine. But the, the walk and every, I was just like, I don't know if they, I don't know if this is enough. Um, t- but I hear you. Tina and Rosé were, were next for me, but not because I didn't enjoy it more for the, the makeup. I think it, that was just it for me. It was the makeup. I mean, the makeup was, I mean, if we're going to say, like, what did I like the least? It was like the dresses were fine. You know, I love a housewife look. And the look on Tina was like, well, anyone could wear that. Like, it doesn't have any ruffles. I think that was like, you know, I kind of thought, if you're going to give me a signature rosé, she, she's she's looked like a throw pillow all season. You know, <laughs> give, give me a ruffle, you know. Um, Go dust the, uh, the cupboards over there. Mary. Yeah, give me something. But this I was like, you know. Get this at cachet, as Michelle would say, you know, but uh, the makeup just, you know, it's kind of, it was just, you know, it's one thing when they have guests on, when they have like old veterans on or like, you know, just these old, you know, old gay guys on and you put the makeup on them and, you know, everyone kind of looks like Andrea Martin, you know, and it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? But it's another thing when it's like two drag queens, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I uh, just uh, <laughs> I didn't like their makeup. That's okay, Mary. I, I could say I just am trying to be nice, but I didn't like their makeup. <laughs> hey, guess what? Because I hated okay. it. It was so awful. Okay. No, just sorry. don't tattle tag. Just don't tattle tag. I'm not. I'm not. not. They're not allowed to know any bad opinions about. I don't want them to hear any. Yes. No, I, I. They won't hear of it. Don't not tell from, them. Not don't from tell from them a, that they did poorly. Yeah. No, not from a drag race authority like me. I mean, for God's sake. Oh, for God's sake. Um, for God's sake. So, Mary, let's talk about uh, briefly Simone and Utica because we we kind of already kind of parsed them out. But can we just call it out, Utica? To do Utica is basically be the waving blow up person in front of a yes, car dealership. Yes, but make it fashion. Yeah, but make it fashion exactly. Slow mm-hmm. it down a little bit. Uh, be mm-hmm. the drama teacher. You know. Feeling the space. Feel the space. space. Yeah. Maybe jot some things down in your character journal. But (laughs) sip some hot hot water with lemon, you know. Mm, Hot water with lemon, yes. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. Massage that jaw muscle. They always talk about massaging that jaw muscle. Oh, yeah. They also say when you do, uh, when you you take Molly, you got to massage your jaw muscle. Uh, Simone, you know, the, the fabric, I was expecting the fabric to be more constricting. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Um, and it to be more of like the, that modern dance stretch fabric that we always see. Oh, sure. I know what you mean where someone's like all full body in it and you see their hands pressing inside yes. of it and all that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting that. And I'm glad that it went more free flowing, more like. I don't know, Jodie Foster and Nell. Uh, I thought mm. that it worked more for She Simone was a bit especially. more in the ween, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she way more. She gave me way more Tay, certainly yeah. in the ween. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. She chicka yeah. away, yeah. you know. <laughs> Utica, you my god, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Nell. I haven't seen that movie in so long. And I haven't it stuck either. with me. I think I've seen that movie twice. Like yeah, I, the 90s. I, I think I saw it in high school <laughs> in a class and and, and oh, yeah, Jody and, I, and I just remember, I, you know, there's all the, you know, Chickabee, Tannoween, but then I remember in the courtroom, I remember Nell saying to the guy, Jay, speak for me. Oh God. And it's like edging on kind of offensive, right? I like know. I feel like, am I being offensive right now? I'm literally quoting Jodie Foster. You are. Come no, on. no. I know you are. And we're saying like, was that? 
you know, is that questionable now or was it questionable then? Who knows? Well, I think because the idea was that she that I can't believe we're going to talk about Nell right now. But that <laughs> Nell, I think Nell's mother had a stroke and she only learned how to speak from oh, her wow. mother who had obviously a speech impediment. I didn't know that at all. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And that's why Nell has such a weird way of speaking is because Holy that's shit. what. Yeah. Holy shit. I, Nell, uh, Nell, uh, you know, aficionados, Nellinados, um, you know, Nell Mattel 27, you know, tweet at me if I'm wrong. Oh, God. No, don't tweet at him. No. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, don't tweet at me. <coughs> uh, well, anyway, Mary, um, I, I obviously this is a makeover challenge. They're doing it in the, the quarantined, you know, p- paranormal activity type of way. Mm-hmm. Um how do what we could talk about the meta of makeover challenges because obviously they're usually uh they're usually pretty powerful there's always something to be said and mm-hmm. i know that you love the makeover challenges for various reasons i do i you know i like them with conditions because you know there there is that thing of like bringing in people you know late in the season and it's like oh okay now i got to get to know all these strangers and so i really I've appreciated it when it was the, you know, when it was the crew, when we got Sarge. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, you know, Duncan. even though there's Duncan, of course. And even though they were, you know, new to the show, I liked seeing like siblings. I like when they're not strangers of the Queens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in All-Stars 2, when it was like moms and sisters. Mm. Um, but even like season 12, I mean, they were just like, I think, super fans. And... We got Janet the Planet. Yeah. And Opal Method. We got Opal Method. Oh, for, don't for something told me not to discount Opal Method. Opal yeah. Method. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the lovely Janet the Planet who came in and gave herself a makeover on her own. Like, didn't work with a single queen in the workroom and just showed up in that look. I was like, Janet, where'd you get that dress? Amazing. Amazing. Like, really amazing that Janet did that. I want to see Janet on Drag Race season 14. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great. Yeah. The fact that she came in and did that all by herself, you know? Uh, it's just incredible. Um, really amazing. Um, I got to say, you know, could is there a world where you could have seen Got Mick and Candy winning this? I would have been frustrated if they did. I think they were good, but I think Simone and Utica... Simotica was just so like leaps and bounds above anybody else. And it was like, if Candy and got Mick one, I would have been like, come on season 13. Like it's getting obvious at this point, you know, I hear you on that. I think that both of them executed so perfectly on the other and where they kind of faltered was executing on the runway themselves where, you know, got Mick Still felt a little, a little more got Mick than Candy mm-hmm. and or like generic kind of like rocker punk. Whereas mm-hmm. when Candy came out, like I, I appreciated Candy's impression of got Mick more in the confessionals, which I thought were just so charming. Yeah, I was on like the on the, yeah, on the runway, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm getting, like I'm getting it from the look, but I don't know if I'm getting like got Mick's like. The dress was wearing her. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'll save it for the for our Patreon conversation. But I just like 
there's a very big difference between like having that sort of automatic response to Simone and Utica of like, oh my God, oh my God, of course, you know, and then seeing, you know, Candy and Got Mick and being told this is high level. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. All right. Sure. You know, like I, I yeah. kind of have to be told a little bit more, I feel like with certainly with Candy. Okay. Um, you mean, you mean Got Mick on Candy or Candy on Got Mick? Got Mick on Candy. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, that's really, the look I liked more. But I thought that Candy's execution of makeup on Got Mick was so well done. Well, that's the thing is, I, th- I mean, I yeah, I can't say that I was getting like, oh yeah, that's Candy Muse, all right. But the makeup was so good. Yeah. Um. So there yeah. is that weird thing of like the execution was great, but was the intention, you know, there? Sure. Yeah. Were whatever. they really exuding that energy? I think that's mm-hmm. where they kind of blocked. They, but. You know, I, I could have seen them win, and I don't know. My unpopular opinion then is like, yeah, okay, I would have given it to them because th- I could see them being like, you know, reading Utica's look and being like, well, it was an interesting concept, but you know, you you just kind of put some got milk makeup on her face and then called it a day, Utica. You know? Yeah, yeah. That that wig was kind of wearing Simone sometimes. I- yeah, I mean, I think Simone. I don't know. I, I hear you. It was it was a lot of wig, but I think I'm also used to that with with Utica. It's like well, that's also part of the it's also part of the Utica thing. Is it like it's a lot of drag, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad that Simotica won. That's where I'll land on that. I'm glad they won. I'm glad that Utica is bouncing back a little bit. I'm I'm all here for like Utica just to like rebound in this competition and just start winning. Like I. I would love to see that. We'll see how it goes for sure. Um, you know, I'm glad that you got another win. I think that's a big deal. Um, mm. I, you know, uh, in terms of this episode, uh, where it lands in makeover challenges, is this high, low, middle? Where is this for you? Um, I would say this was on the higher side. I think the the key to a, the the key to me enjoying a makeover challenge is really like the what they learn or who the guests are, you know, and like what their connection is. Like, I think, um, the earlier seasons, like it was so much more of a gag, you know, of like, Oh, let's, you know, uh, I mean, it was kind of nice. Like, Oh, let's learn from these gay seniors. But it was also like, Oh, how's Raven going to like, what's Raven going to do with this guy with this weird belly button piercing full of, you know, safety pins, you know, and darken his skin. Maybe. I don't know. uh, Maybe. Right. That's one option is just put a lot of brown foundation over it until it looks something, something different. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so uh, Tanner, I hardly know her. And so I uh, I think later seasons when – I don't know. Like I think it's – I I think what was successful about this was that I knew everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to get – I didn't take any time to get to know anybody. I already mm-hmm. knew them. So that well, made it a high for me. Well, we got to know them more through them – figuring out themselves and explaining themselves mm-hmm. more. Like that's what I enjoyed about Simone and Utica, especially. Um, and then also was very exposing about Olivia and Denali. Cause while I mm-hmm. learned a lot about their sweet um, origin stories, I also learned like, well, this is still developing and you mm-hmm. know, it's just my opinion again, mm-hmm. but you know, that's yeah. to quote candy muse. It. That's my opinion. Just yeah. an opinion. Whatever oh she said. God. Fabulous what, little moment. That, yeah. That, that throwback. That was Oof. such a like, Taking me to season three with that, yeah. Uh huh. Well, I was ready for Candy to be like, send them all home. <laughs> oh, 
somebody, can we get one? Send them all home. <laughs> uh, please welcome to the stage. Send them all home. Send them all home. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> her name is Send them. Her name is Send them. Her name is Send them all home. <laughs> what is that? Because it's, it's Nicole Page Brooks. Remember, my name is Nicole. My name is Nicole. Oh, my, my name, name is, is Nicole, Nicole Page Brooks. Right, right. From Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Ugh. <laughs> I think that's from her, like, I think it, it's an edit from her, like, uh, audition no, right. vi- video yes. from, like, season three is, my name is Nicole. My name, my is, name Nicole. is Nicole. And yes. she's in that, like, bathing suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's super skinny. Yeah. Uh. Love Nicole. Um, anyway, Marys, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary. You can uh, find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, one more website, tasteofreality.com slash allright Mary. And if you want, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Or you could hear me on In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including our recaps of Drag Race UK and our uh, potentially very unpopular opinions on season 13 by going to patreon.com slash all right, Mary. All right, Mary. Our last chance lip sync this episode dovetails with Drag Race UK and the discussion we were having over there. Uh, you know, despite, I think, the the male member, we learned from a, a Mary uh, writing in this weekend, but the male member of the core is, is very, I guess he's problematic now. He's like Some conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. theorists. Yeah. Jim Core. Oh, Jim. Oh, my God, Jim Core. Oh, my God, Jim Core. Oh, my God, the cause. Oh, my God, the cause. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's our Eileen Brennan saying the cores. That's our Eileen Brennan <laughs> announcing the cores on SNL, ladies oh, and gentlemen. The cores, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, the cores! I got the cores. <laughs> it's like she forgot for a second. Like right, that's right. the world I want to live in, where <laughs> Eileen Brennan is the guest host and the cores are the musical guest of SNL. That's... <laughs> well, that's our last chance lip sync is breathless. Yeah, um, that would leave week. me breathless. Yeah. Yes, uh, we were left breathless. By some of these looks, uh, left breathless by the cores and uh, steps um, featuring and Michelle Visage. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. So we're gonna go on and leave you breathless. And if you want, you can see us in our unpopular opinions episode. <laughs> see you later, Marys. Totsins. <laughs> <laughs>